Hi there, we're the two Johns from EST eSafety Training. My name is John Staines and I am John Woodley. In today's podcast we're going to be talking about bullying. Recently we spoke to a large group of young people and we asked them a specific question. What is the difference between bullying and cyberbullying? Between the groups they managed to come up with a whole list of differences between bullying and cyberbullying. And when we explored that further it's because that's what they've been educated to believe. There are two areas bullying and cyberbullying. Let's look at that today. Things were very different when we were younger and as an older person when I was at school if I was being bullied I think the worst bit of the day was um, when you were leaving for home in the evening and you're walking towards the school gates and you had this impending fear that you're going to get beaten up and as you're walking home that stuck with you but as you arrived home and see the front door went towards it that anxiety would drop you would then go through the front door and in a manner of speaking, you're standing against the wall, breathing out and thinking, well, that's it for another day. If you take children today, when they go through that door in the evening, not only does it not stop, we would argue it actually gets worse because then in the confines of their own room, they're sitting there engaging online and if someone is being abusive to them or mean to them, that is going to be very, very real. And I think the ability of the children to talk about that situation isn't helped by this whole viewpoint in our world at the moment where we talk about bullying versus cyberbullying. So, for example, we think bullying is what's happening perhaps in school playground. Cyberbullying is what's happening over the weekend online. And because we put it in these two boxes, all too often there's an argument about who deals with it. Is it a school issue? Is it a parental issue? Who's going to actually deal with it? We want everyone to realise that if a kid's being bullied, they are being bullied. Yeah, there's no such thing as bullying and cyberbullying. It's all one and the same. And um, if it happens in school, you can guarantee it's going to continue online. As an example of where this crosses over, you might have a young person being abused in a playground. So perhaps they're being beaten up or pushed around. What you'll have is one of the bullies will be videoing that situation. At lunchtime, what they're going to do with the video is perhaps post it on um, a social network site. A typical one might be TikTok. So all of a sudden, this is posted on TikTok. In the comments, people will then start adding to it. And when the kid gets home, they'll be faced with that. So is that cyberbullying or is that so-called real bullying? And I think if you start thinking about it, you'll realise there is no difference. If we can link it up, then it starts to be a lot easier to deal with. It needs the parents working with the schools to actually come up with solutions that sit over the top of the whole thing. When there's an online element, it can actually be really useful for us because once that is reported to the authorities and taken to the police and community safety partnerships, they then become evidential. So, for example, if you go to the social network site and get details of the internet connection, sometimes that can build a case against a bully and actually put you in a stronger position. So, I think... In the so-called real-life situation in the playground, most of the young people don't want to stand up and be counted because they don't want to be bullied. Whereas if we can get some electronic evidence, that often will support the position that the child's in and actually help us. As well as what we would traditionally call bullying, you've also got situations where peer pressure comes to bear on a young person to take part in things like challenges and that. So you'll have a challenge happening where a group of young people will convince another young person to do something that is arguably quite dangerous. The young person knows it's dangerous, but they feel that they'll be socially excluded if they don't do it. And when we talk about internet challenges, probably the main way that we're going to come across that is on apps like TikTok and YouTube. Take 
TikTok, for example, there's a challenge at the moment that's quite familiar with young people called the Silly Salmon Challenge. And if you're an adult listening to this, you might think, what on earth is a Silly Salmon Challenge? But that is where a young person actually stands there, waves their arms around, making a silly noise, pretend to be a salmon, and essentially jump into water. So you'd have a group of three children walking along. One of them would say, I don't know, Anna, silly salmon. What Anna's then got to do is turn around and say, where? They would say, in that swimming pool, and then the young person then jumps into the swimming pool. Obviously, if the young person can't swim and things like that, it's dangerous. They could get hurt. There was another one called the Skull Breaker Challenge that has become quite an issue where you'll have three people walking along and the person in the middle suddenly has their legs taken away and they crash to the ground. That gets posted online. So there's a lot of dangerous challenges happening where peer pressure comes to bear. Um, Another way that children are being picked on is through some of the infamous challenges like the Blue Wow Challenge or something called Momo. Now, I'm not sure if everyone's heard of these, but the Blue Wow Challenge was where young people were convinced to hurt themselves. And um, that allegedly started in Russia, but essentially the young person has a list of things that they've got to do, otherwise bad things will happen to them. And with the Blue Wow Challenge, young people were actually hurting themselves because that was part of the challenge. Um, with Momo, that was slightly different. And again, there was a massive fuss about this and parents were getting really animated about Momo. I think in extreme circumstances, lots of parents banned their kids from YouTube because of Momo. And all Momo is, as an example, is um, a young person would be watching a video online of someone that they like and all of a sudden that would cut to a section in the middle of a video that's been posted by a bad person. And what the bad person has done is sat there and edited the video and they put in a cartoon animation of some crazy character with a silly voice saying, Momo says if you don't go into the shed and get a sharp object, then you're gonna die. And I know that sounds really daft, but the young person would hear that And unfortunately, they think they are actually going to get hurt. They think that this is some subliminal message going into the video. And in extreme circumstances, they then hurt themselves. We need to educate kids to realise that these challenges are just posted by random people. So all Momo is is some sad person that wants kids to hurt themselves. So they post a crazy video. In our perfect world... When a kid comes across that on YouTube, their first thought should be, I'm going to go and tell my mum and dad about it. And then rather than go nuts, mum and dad are going to thank the kid for telling them about it and then report it to YouTube and get it taken down. But at the minute, it's a big issue for young people. They're following the trends, they're getting involved in challenges and things are going wrong. The question we're asking ourselves is, how as parents can we support our children to manage all of these pressures that we're talking about? And again, it's about having open communication with the young people. They need to realise that they could talk to us. Because most kids, if they're being bullied in the so-called real world, they do seem to often talk to their parents about it. As soon as it is happening online, they're very reluctant to tell their parents about it. And when you start examining that, the kid will have such a big fear that they're going to be banned from social media and lose their phone, that that is often compelling enough 
not to tell a parent when something's going wrong. And in fact, the bad people realise that. They'll actually be bullying the young person and then they'll say to them, well, if you tell your parents, your parents are going to get upset with you and take away your phone. And that is going to be enough in most cases for the young person then not to tell their parents. And then you've got the issue of who are they going to turn to? In their professional experience working in the online environment, bad people that target children often create two online identities. So you might have an online identity that is ostensibly bad to the child and the child is upset by this bad person. They really want to talk about it, but they can't talk to their parents because they know they'll go nuts, but they want to talk about it. And what the bad guy does is creates another profile purporting to be a nice person. In the policing world, we used to call that the rescuer. So it's an account that is actually designed for the child to go to for help. So when the child goes to the rescuer for help, they will seemingly be helping them, but actually they're carrying on the abuse. And in one example I can think of, it um, surrounded indecent images where the young person had actually been bullied by this indecent image being shared. And what the rescuer said to them was, oh, that happened to me. What was the picture that they were using? And unfortunately, the young person then sent a picture to them and enabled it to carry on. So it's all about understanding that, taking away the fear of talking to us about it and being open. If the child's being bullied, we would seriously consider sitting down with them and saying, okay, you've told us what's happening in school. What I want to understand is what are they doing to you online? Because we know almost 100% there will be an online element. And if we can ask that question, we'll often get a lot more information. But again, that involves forgetting about cyberbullying and bullying as two separate entities and realise they are one and the same. And that's really good advice because at the end of the day, I remember a case I dealt with where a young person was being bullied online that actually caused them to physically harm themselves. So it does cross both worlds. So please ignore cyber and bullying. They're not two separate entities. They're one entity. So if someone is being bullied online, they will can take that into the physical world and actually get them to hurt themselves. Quite good advice, I think. Yeah, when we're talking to children, what we say to them is, in a perfect world, they should be able to tell their parents when something's going wrong. We say if it's not a perfect world, then they could talk to the school. And if they're worried about talking to the school, because they'll then talk to their parents, as a last thing, they could then go to Childline. And I guess what we need to do as parents is make ourselves that first port of call. Too many children are bypassing the parents and indeed the teachers and not telling anyone. And what you've got to ask yourself is, if you suddenly realise that your young person's had to go to Childline because they couldn't talk to you, how is that going to make you feel? So as we come to the end of this uh, podcast on bullying, as all this week we've looked at different apps and different sites, all professional sites and apps have really great reporting tools, but what they rely on still is our children talking to us. If you can open them lines of communication, your children come to you first, then you can help them deal with it. I look at it very simply. Children have a great knowledge of the internet, the online world. As parents, we have great knowledge of life skills. We put them together with their problems and our life skills, we can solve it. We must work as a team. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I've been John Staines. And I'm John Woodley.